Mark, today we are going to prove there's nothing sexier than a season finale. And I know everyone who's listening will come to the same conclusion. Seriously, dude, it's our season finale and you're going to end on such a smutty note. That's kind of where I feel the season's got to after Sharp Day Day. That's where we are. Yeah. Get a little bit of gasoline. <laughs> I'm going to make it burn. I'm going to make it burn. You are now listening to the You Run podcast. The only horror movie review podcast completely run and controlled, not by me and Mark, your hosts, but by you, our listeners. Hey, Scoob, we're on the radio, bro. You want to die tonight? Zoinks. <laughs> you choose the movies. You score them. You review them. You do it all. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show. I'm your number one it's not perfect it has its problems the you run podcast it was just weird i don't know like it's like a weird vibe the you run podcast bitch you better not forget about me don't you ever forget about me hey this is naomi grossman best known as copper from american horror story hi it's imitation dave you son of a bitch just make sure you fucking listen this was fucking incredible he's the one you need to blame got a little bit of gasoline Hello, welcome to the Run Podcast. My name is Scott. And my name is Mark. And welcome to our season finale. Um, this season has been insane. Uh, Mark joined the show uh, from our prequel bonus episode with David Lears and Vincent DePaul as we spoke about the, the still upcoming Welder movie. Um, it is coming very, very soon and David Lears will be back with us when that happens. Um, right through to the insanity of last week that was Sharknado 3. Um, the the less, less said about that, probably the better. It is time with this, Mark, as, well, we've, he's, he's changed the show forever. Uh, we launched a new second show, our Horror Movie News, where we leave the mics running, we get drunk, we talk shit about our wives, we talk shit about horror. We, we, we just talk shit, really, for an hour or so. Mark often says he doesn't do much on the show, and this is a lie. And I want now, as we're at the season finale, I want everyone to know that Mark is full of shit. Um, <coughs> Mark does you can, <coughs> all you want. You lie. No, man, I'm working on my bad boy attitude. The guy who's late to the party. Don't sell me out to be a nerd, man. I, I'm selling you out now. Mark does endless research every week. He works hard on watching the movies normally multiple times, much more than I do. I give it a quick once over and write a review. That's pretty much as much as I do. Mark also brings something else that he's brought to the show that was his invention, which is the recommended account of the week. Mark is incredible, and I'm grateful to have him as my full-time co-host. And he will be joining us in season six, despite his, oh, I might be, I might not. He will be here. Um, Mark is incredible. Mark is the best. And after that huge build-up, let's see if he can deliver as he gives us his final recommended account of the season. It's that time of the week. It's time for Mark to recommend an account. A little bit flabbergasted by what you just said there, man. Humbled. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> true. You, you, you bring you bring a lot. I just hope your recommended account is good after that build up. You know what? I've saved this one for a long time because I want this one to really resonate with people. I want people to really, if you don't, even if you listen each week and you take on board what I've said about recommended account and you think, oh, I'll, I'll go and find that one and, I'll, and I'll, I'll check it out and then never actually get around to doing it. 
this is the one that I really want you to go and follow out of everybody. If this is a really if it's MW horror reviews, I'm gonna laugh a lot. <laughs> what a bombshell to end the season finale. <laughs> the recommended account this for the season finale is me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, unfortunately, but I wish I had a thought of that. Um no, this week is bootleg as fuck. And that is spelled B O O T L E G A S F no you CK. Um it's a very unique account and it doesn't have the following that I really want it to have because this is so cool. It's basically the perfect combination between nostalgia and pop culture. So this guy, imagine imagine when you were younger and you'd have uh, a joke shop in your neighborhood or a state or wherever you were, and you'd walk into a joke shop and they'd always have those things hung up on the wall, and it'd be like a cardboard, the same sort of thing you'd get nowadays with action figures, whether on a cardboard, plastic thing, the action figure in. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, right? But what he does is he takes newer, relevant sort of films and TV shows and he and he makes quippy little poster things for them. So the only way I can really describe it is he's like, he does like Shaun of the Dead. So it's a Shaun of the Dead title card. You've got Simon Pegg in it. And then the little plastic thing is the red dart that is thrown into his head, etc. And then they'll uh, do okay. ones. So there's ones where there's a Halloween one and it's got like a little off cut of a coat hanger from when he got stabbed in his eye. You've got the Predator and you've got dog tags in it, which is, uh, says Jay Hooper on him and things like that. So it's really, really clever. And I'm massively underselling how talented this guy is. Please, 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 this week, if anything, go and check this account out. Give them a follow. Show them some love. I, I don't even know if this stuff is available. I don't know whether he just makes them for fun or whether he's selling them wholesale or what, but I would love to get my hands on some of the things that he's created. They're really, really clever. Um, and that is bootleg as fuck. Please check this guy out and show him some love. He's really, really talented. And I think a lot of the people who listen would really appreciate some of the stuff he's done. It's very, very funny. Yeah, that, that sounds cool. And I'm amazed you've not messaged him to ask for a piece of the coat hanger. And if you are listening, bootleggers fuck, I really want your Halloween edition, please. Please send me that. <laughs> please send Mark a piece of coat hanger. <laughs> yes, please send me a piece of coat hanger. I will display it perfectly in my podcasting room backdrop because it would look awesome. If he doesn't, I might just send you an off-cut of coat hanger. <laughs> is, is that the same. Is it not? How about no. if I send you an off-cut of coat hanger and I sellotape it to a picture of Michael Myers? Yeah, okay, I'd maybe take that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go give him a follow because that does genuinely sound cool. It um, does, it really does. And I am underselling it and how cool this guy is. So please, anybody listening, give him a like, give him a follow, share it as far as you can across your own socials. He really does deserve the recognition. Yeah, uh, and he's got a cool account name. Bootleg as fuck is one of the best account names ever. So, yes. what, what, not being funny, what fucking, what more do you want for the season finale? That That's enough. This season, we have been blessed with some fantastic guests. We've had Lady Crisis, Robbie Horror, Horror Review Girl, Elise, if I don't call her Elise, she'll get angry. Uh, Alex Grass, <laughs> uh, Voices from the Mausoleum, uh, Angel. We've had a Swedish horror nerd, Spaceman and the Doll podcast, Zaphod joined us. Ghost Note, Skellington fan, Joe Queen Films, Joe Queen? Joe Quinn Films, uh, and Tasha Scribbles. We've had literally a long list of guests this season. Now, throughout the season, I have been repeatedly asked when a certain guest will appear. And it has been, honest to God, every two days I will get at least one message going, when is this guest going to be on the show? 
And I've said to all of them from the very first week, the season finale, because she's worth the wait. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome my co-host of True Crime, the host of Wednesday Wine and Horror, albeit she's taken a break, but she's still the host of Wednesday <laughs> Wine and Horror, the exceptional Heather Silman. Hey guys, I do have, I, I, look, I already have to bitch at you already because you just literally almost butchered my boyfriend Eddie Munson's name. <laughs> Let's Are get you a fun our girl shit as well together. Oh my God. Like you, oh Lord, look, look at my cup. Say so everybody else can't, they don't know that we can see each other, but. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and for everyone who can't see that, that is a Hellfire Club cup. Yes. So oh you, my God. You're full, full Eddie Munson then. I mean, I'm like, he's right up there with Bruce Campbell for me because he's wow. younger, right? So, like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I love him. Now that you have a thing for Toy Boys. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, long before, how long before the tattoo? Um, after I have the baby, I already have the tattoo in my head. It's already, <laughs> it's already there. Like, not joking. I was like, can I get a tattoo while I'm pregnant? Fuck. No, it's not really safe. So I better just wait. But, you know, thanks to Mark. He's the one that got me into watching Stranger Things, actually. So That's I was like, oh, was. okay. I don't know if I'm going to like that. Uh, I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I so, can't wait. So what we're saying is Joe Quinn needs to message Mark and thank him for getting him a super yeah. obsessive fan. I think he's got it just goes to crawl. I am going down with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some accounts, like some fan accounts, and I'm like, people love him. Like, they do. love they him really more do. than they do, like, Steve or, you know, Dustin, all, all the rest of the cast. Even Eleven. I mean, because it's his, it's, oh, I can't even describe it. He's just like, have you seen his face? Because that's one thing. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it to a certain degree. But the way this guy's blown up, and it's insane. It really is insane. I mean, I'm still a Steve Harrington fan through and through. I like Steve. I, I don't have a problem with Steve. I actually like most of the cast. But something about Eddie, I'm just like, I think okay. what Heather's trying to say is Steve would be really nice to go and get a coffee with. Eddie would not be a coffee date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already pregnant. What other shenanigans can I get into? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're in about as much trouble as you can get, so you're safe yeah. to do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like, Stephen, sorry, love you. Like, yeah. he, he makes fun of me. He already makes fun of me for like, he's like, really? He looks like an 80s hair band. I'm like, have you not noticed? That's kind of my type. <laughs> anyway Anyways. Before, before we dive too deep into this becoming a joe quinn appreciation episode um let's dive into what we're here for so mm -hmm. five friends venture deep into the woods into a remote cabin they get drunk they get high and they get laid little did they know miles away in an underground bunker a betting syndicate were taking bets on how they would die trying mm -hmm. to save the world Sounds nuts. It's the season finale. The fuck did you expect? <laughs> Everybody ready? <laughs> Doesn't even show up on the GPS. It's unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello? I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. 
Sign says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. Oh, this is awesome. to the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Let's get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Somebody sent those things here to get us. You're missing the point. They want to see us punished. So the movie opens up with two old guys walking through an office block, talking shit about their lives. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like horror movie news. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! You keep that old shit to yourself. <laughs> right, right. Hey, I'm gonna say that we're ta- we're dealing with a baby down here. That's fine. He's yeah. he's a youngin. <laughs> um, as they board a golf cart, a younger employer in a lab coat asks if they've heard about the incident in Stockholm. They laugh and say it doesn't matter because Japan always nail it. And we come second, so who cares? This scene ends with the younger one invite or the younger of the two older guys inviting the oldest guy to a family barbecue. The first time I switched this on, I'm watching Cabin in the Woods. I sat there mm-hmm. and went, Have I put on the wrong movie? What the fuck is this? I paused it and went and checked that I had the right film in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the um Austin Powers sort of moment where they're in the where they're driving around in the golf cart and stuff isn't it yeah yep. v- very much so. it's a very strange opening but i like it and i like these two guys are very charismatic from the minute you the minute you see them instantly i connected with them i was like yep yeah, that is a typical work environment it's like let's talk about our wives let's talk about home we don't really want to be at mm-hmm. work but we're here and I, I got that vibe i loved it we now meet our teens uh first dana and jules uh dana is having an affair with a college professor and jules is saying it's okay because they've got holden coming for the weekend uh holden is jules boyfriend's friend from the football team mm-hmm. um is this a thing do people actually sleep with their college professors or is this just a movie thing uh, I'm I'm going to say that's probably pretty true. I mean, there are actual just teachers sleeping with their students. So I don't see why we wouldn't up the ante and have a professor sleep with his student who is probably more of a consenting age. Yeah. <laughs> versus, it's a jail here. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on age of consent, right? So like some, there, there is a state, I, I can't remember, Kentucky, Georgia, something. 16 is still the age of consent. 16. 
that's the same over here. That's fucking crazy yeah. to me. Like yeah. it's yeah. not here in Louisiana, but like that's yeah. I, I don't I, know. I've always found this strange. So uh, in the UK, at sixteen, you can't watch a horror movie, you can't order a drink, but you can go to an orgy, and that's fine. I still Wait, you can't watch a horror film. Like, what if you have an adult buy the ticket? Is is that allowed? Nope. nope. No. What the allowed. fuck? Nope. Communist <laughs> shit. Yeah. So if, if, if no. you're not if you're not eighteen, you're not getting in, regardless yeah. of who you're with. Wow. Not even with a parent or, nope. or someone older. That's that's see, it's so different here because you can watch one. You can be like eleven, and as long as like honestly, I don't even think they really give a fuck. It's like you got a ticket, go sit down. Like they don't really care. Wow. Wow, what a difference. Um, (laughs) We then get to meet Kurt, and Kurt is a young teenage Thor. Yes. (laughs) That's all I need need to say here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He explains that he's he's gone from Joe Quinn appreciation to Chris Hemsworth appreciation. Look, Chris Chris Hemsworth is not my type. We talked about this before. He's not my type. Like, I wouldn't, like, if I had a chance with him anyway, (laughs) that's hilarious. But he's not my type. Like, he's too buff, macho, but he's got a nice face, so you can't disregard that. Yeah, if I'm honest, I'm a, I'm a straight man, but he's I think got a I nice... find it hard to say no to Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, if, if and he he's, me, he's got the accent, right. got the yeah. Australian accent, you know, so like, not in this movie, but yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah I'll give you that, he's hot. He's he can hot. get it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so he explains he's got, uh, his cousin's got a cabin in the woods, and while he's giving this epilogue of he's got a cabin and they're going to go there Mm. he then throws a football american football out the window and his friend kurt catches it lisa watches a series called gray's anatomy and kurt is a Mm -hmm. doctor from that and i could not get Mm -hmm. it out of my head for the whole movie yep he was a doctor i knew i'd seen him somewhere before Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can't think of the doctor's name because i don't pay that much attention Uh, i never watched the show but like i just called him baby blue eyes because i don't i don't know like Grey's Anatomy is not my type of show, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, the final friend we meet is my favorite by a country mile. We meet Marty, <laughs> and Marty uh-huh. rocks up in a family station wagon with a bong that could kill a man. It's that big. Yes, he yes. gets out and turns <laughs> it into a travel mug to get in yeah. Kurt's dad's camper van. He's Marty so is excellent. So he's good. great. So yeah. good, and it's like the fact they're like, "Are you really driving around with a bong?" He's like. Do you know no policeman will pull over a man with a bong? They're like, why not? He's like, because I'm smoking a giant bong. I'm scary. And he's the most (laughs) meek and mild guy ever. (laughs) Um, We get a quick jump back to the two old guys. and We now find out they're called Citizen and Hadley. They're in the weird office block still. And they're in now what's like, I don't know the best. It's like a mobile. It's like a command center. And they're talking about how all the teens have been drugged. Uh, They've been drugged through various ways. So, the one of them's got it in their hair dye. So uh, Jules is boasting mm-hmm. about her blonde hair and they put drugs in her hair dye and they put drugs in Marty's stash of his weed. Um, yeah, so it's basically, they're basically turning these characters into the, the sort of horror stereotypes that we've come to know mm-hmm. and love. So you've got your bimbo, I use this word as it's said in the film, not from my own mouth, they call her a hoe. Um, and they, yeah. they, she, I think she was a brunette or a redhead before this, but the chemicals they've been putting mm-hmm. in her shampoo has dyed her hair blonde gradually for the appropriation of, of what's going on here. And yeah. then Chris Hemsworth, is, we, we later learn, is like, uh, 
is like a, a scholar in some sort of yeah. idiot. But they've, 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 the drugs are using in him over the course of time is turning into a jock, macho mm-hmm. boy and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. They're sort of grooming these people to be your standard slasher stereotypes, which was really, really cool. But I must say, the first time I watched this, so jarring. So jarring, this back and forth between the main cast and the people in the lab and the expedition that's going on between them mm-hmm. explaining what's happened. I mean, how did you guys find it? Was this your first watch, Heather? No, I had seen it. Like, it came out in 2011. So yes. at that time, I was I remarried, had a baby all in that same year. So I vaguely remember it. Now, my second watch, uh, which was today, actually, I watched it this morning because I like it fresh on my brain. I was almost a little confused because I couldn't remember. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, then it came to me, like, I pick up on shit pretty easy. I was like, oh, okay, this is a fucking metaphor, but we're going to get into that later, my whole thing on that. (laughs) But, like, I was like, I get it. I get it. This is different. And I don't know why it didn't stick with me, to be honest with you. Um, It was so long ago that I watched it. And just, uh, I think, having a baby and all that, you know, that stuff, I was just like, it didn't stick with me. Yeah. And then rewatching it, I'm like, okay, I, I see you. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to say that the the references to other horror and the way they almost mm-hmm. they're, they're riding they're riding the edge of taking the piss out of horror movies we love. Um, yeah. They do it so well, yeah. it's such a fine balance. And the the next scene is a prime example of that. So they all jump in the camper van, they drive off, mm-hmm. and they stop at a gas station. The horror references here, they pretty much pull up at the set from her, the Hills of Ice. It's that gas station. I was going to say like Cabin Fever, too. There's yeah. like a Cabin Fever kind of vibe. And I was going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so we're all on a different <laughs> yeah. plane. It's okay. It's all the same. It's all the same shit, though. The guy they meet in the station is pretty much Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really like this guy. So he comes out and he's... He's chewing tobacco. So they've gone in to try and find him and he's not there. And then he comes out. He's like, what are you doing in here? Why are you walking in here? And he's like chewing mm-hmm. tobacco. And every two minutes he's going. Yeah, nasty. And uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's so <laughs> disgusting. Um, and he's going, well, I'm only letting you take enough fuel to get you there. But you you won't be able to get back. And people never can. It's, it's that people mm-hmm. never come back from them woods. It's that kind of vibe. He then insults Jules and calls her a whore for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> apart from she <laughs> stood does. there. Chris Hemworth goes to like attack and you get Marty going, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Let's get back in the camper van. And Marty's like, mm-hmm. yeah, good luck. The, the railroad will be coming through here real soon. <laughs> and you'll make some money then. Uh, I, I just, this whole scene I absolutely loved because it is... It was funny. Yeah, it's poking fun at what I love in horror and done in such a delicate way that they're not just ramming it down your throat. I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. We then see the camper van. They all get back in and they drive through a big tunnel. We then get the first hint that something is not right as a bird flying through the sky hits something and that's not there. Hits an invisible wall and falls to its death. Mm -hmm. When I watched this first time, I was like, what? I, I, I was I that's how it. it was today I was so I was like okay we're going into another dimension like where are we because I couldn't remember I'm like where the fuck is the theme of this going like that was apparent that the bird could not enter that side of the world quote unquote yeah. so I was like where the fuck are we going <laughs> yeah. are we getting sci-fi yeah. shit on me now come on <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah I, I I 
first watch, I was concerned this was going in a direction I didn't want it to. Yeah, me too, because I couldn't recall. We get a quick snap back to Hadley and Citizen. Um, I'm going to say I I love these guys. I think they're great. Um, They receive Mm -hmm. a call from someone called Mordecai, who we quickly realise is the guy at the gas station. Um, Hadley puts him on speakerphone and Mordecai starts effectively giving him a warning, same as he did the kids going, you need to get it right this time. The gods won't be happy. And then you realise, he was like, am I on speakerphone? And Hadley's yeah. like laughing, like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I've got you on speakerphone. Let me take you off. And he doesn't take him off speakerphone. And then he starts giving him more of this, like, it won't be right. The gods won't like it. He's got, I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? And then him and uh, Citizen just burst into laughter. It's so brilliant. This is the funniest, funniest scene in this entire film. It, it, it's I, I perfectly, think so. perfectly done. It's so well done. Um, the timing on it is just it's just perfect. It really, really is. Yeah, I have nothing but love for this moment. It really makes me laugh. And I, and I have seen this film hundreds of times, and every single time this happens, I get genuine belly laughs. Yeah. Uh, it was like teenage, like teenage fun, like a prank, right? Like when you yeah. put somebody on speakerphone or you prank call someone and it's like, oh, it's not me. And you're like, hello. <laughs> you're like, hang up the phone. I love it. Plus, I love the two guys. These two guys are really notable. Like yeah, you get the perfect you get the perfect juxtaposition between the two, where you're going yes. from the cast of the main cast, and then you're coming back and forth to the guys back in the lab, and that yes. seems to be where most of the comedy seems to fall. But every mm-hmm. time it does, it seems to fall perfectly, and then you snap back to the main sort of story arc, and it's it, it's a balance that's very very difficult to master, and not many films do it as well as this has here. No, th- yeah. this this one does it well because literally you get that scene and the second they're bursting out laughing, it snaps straight back to the teens mm-hmm. who've yeah. now arrived at the cabin. They're unpacking, they're getting themselves set up. They find a two way mirror um, in one of the one of the rooms. So there's a mirror in one room and in the other side, you can see through it. Um, mm-hmm. And this causes uh, the guy from Grey's Anatomy and Holden. the girl. Yeah. And the is it Dana to swap? swap rooms mm-hmm. um, yes. and then Dana sits there and watches Holden as he gets undressed and well, had the same I thing. would do yeah I, would. I watched this with Lisa and Lisa was borderline I had to <laughs> Lisa was like thing. hey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey do- is the doctor in <laughs> it was very very much come funny. on but it then goes into like this it's kind of like basic teen horror movie shit where they go and play in yes. the lake and they dive in the lake and at this point, I'm going to go, oh, really? Do we need this? This is kind of bullshit. But I got it. I understood why it was there. Yeah. Back at the facility, this is how much the, this movie jumps around a lot. Brace yourselves. We're back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Back at the facility, the facility has now become Viva Las Vegas as Hadley and Citizen are taking bets on the fate of the teens and who will effectively come into the, the cabin and kill them. At this mm-hmm. point, you've still got no fucking clue what's going on. Nothing's been explained. No. Hadley's ranting that he wants a merman this time because he's been desperate for a merman for years and he's yeah. never got it. We get the new guy who's like a security guy who's working there who is the most self-righteous asshole in the world. I hate this character. Was uh, Truman? Not Truman. Yeah. What, what was his yeah, name? No, was it he, Truman? His name's Brown. Where's Brown, I think, is it? Oh, it might be Truman. Sorry, I'm thinking of the actor's name. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, the character's name is Truman, which is a a nod to the Truman Show movie. Oh, I got that right off the bat. Like, as soon as the movie started, I was like, okay, this is already where we're going. 
Like, yeah, it's you know. Yeah, I I really do. He just annoyed me. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like they're like, oh, do you want to gamble? He's like, no, no, I don't gamble. He's just so self righteous. So just fucking put your hand in your pocket, get some money out, gamble. <laughs> Everyone I like likes him. Gamble. I'm going to say I like him. I like him, and uh, I think he comes full circle later on, which we'll touch upon. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck this guy. Um, <laughs> Uh, back in the cabin our teams are now getting high and they're having fun and they're drinking and they play a game of truth and truth or dare which unlocked a desire for wolves that for some reason i'd never had before and now i have some sort of weird Uh, peach fuzz Peach fuzz, peach fuzz, peach fuzz. No, that's not the same. Like her tonguing that. But I was like, bruh. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, 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 yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I'm I think, like, I, I think before we continue, uh, we should join in on the fun. So we're going to play a game of truth or dare. So. Mark, you're going to go first. Uh, Mark, would you like a truth or would you like a dare? Why do I always have to go first? Because you're That's why. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, you're your co-host. Deal with it. Uh, Would you like a truth or would you like a dare? Uh, I'd like a truth. Okay. Uh, Mark, when we reviewed Halloween 4, did I push you to the point where you now dislike that movie? Oh, no, shit. no, but I wasn't far off. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to edit this bit out? Or are you going to actually? No, 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 this, this, this is staying. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you cuts. never pushed me that far. You never pushed me that far. It was close, though. <laughs> yeah, it was very fucking close. I, I, nearly, bro- I nearly broke your love for H4. You okay. did, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I knew, you'd t- I knew you'd take truth. You're you're a truth kind of person. I I think Heather's a bit braver. Heather's gambler. I think she might take dare. Uh, <laughs> Heather, Heather, truth or dare? Uh, dare. <laughs> dare? Okay. Whatever. Yeah, um, sure. I'm I not d- kissing a wolf, but no, 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 no. I'm going to get you so far <laughs> worse than that. Um, I dare you to finally confess that you love Twilight and your team Edward. I'm never yes. fuck you. I'll, I'll leave this podcast right now. <laughs> Let me, y'all. Wait a minute. Let me Google what a plane ticket costs to get there, because I, I know your motherfucking address. <laughs> uh, would you? Would you like to try? And Mark, I don't know why you laughing too, because I'll find your ass too. Would, would I'm FBI. You, would you like to change I'm the joking. truth? Then? Would you like to go do to a truth? truth. Okay. And I will not. You're going to make me so mad. Like, I'm trying to get. I go so ahead. Truth. You, you, you can take a truth. Um, it's time to confess. Are the Twilight books really yours? I swear to God. I'm going to stick that wolf <laughs> up your asshole. They're not fucking mine. My daughter has them. Damn, I'm trying to keep you. my shit together. <laughs> Here we go. Uh. Kids are hot now. If anyone's wondering what the sound bites in the intro to season six may be, they may be coming from this segment we've just done. You know what? Fuck <laughs> both y'all for real. Wait, y'all gonna double this? Because Mark, because he's laughing, you're laughing, you're laughing. So you're just antagonizing Scott. He's like, oh, he doesn't need to antagonize. He's an asshole on his own right. <laughs> well, now we've got that out of the way, and I've made you both quite happy and quite. Bubbly, let's um, let's carry on. I'm so happy. I'm like, okay, let's move on. I can't wait. Uh, uh, while they're playing truth or dare, the basement swings open, and all that went through my head was the evil dead. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, except for like I'm real funny about people trying to use that as some type of inspiration because they could fuck it up really easy. But I was okay with that. That was cool. That's yeah, fine. I, I think, I think what done... he's done in a collection like this, where this is not just drawing inspiration from one horror film, it's taking inspiration from yes. a wide, vast range of films within the I, genre. I'm fine I think with it's it. acceptable, you know, because it's not yes. it's not its sole focus. They're not trying to copy a even though no. the film is, is called Cabin in the Woods. It's not trying to focus solely on that Cabin in the Woods vibes that you get from the Evil <clears> Dead. It's, it's oh, snippets yeah. throughout. I mean, this was more of a nod and a homage to it than yeah. it was a blatant mm-hmm. rip-off. And I think that's something that this film does throughout really, really well. Yeah, it does. It's got some For rip-off sure. bits later that I'm going to mention. But yeah, th- this is definitely <laughs> a nod. At this point, it's Dana's turn to be dead. And she is dead instantly, the same as I would have done. I dare you to go down in the basement. Would you? Well, I'm not going to ask you. You don't even need to ask me. <laughs> no, you, well, you we know Mark's dead. Look, yeah. he is D-E-D dead. No A in it. D-E-D dead. Yeah. Like, immediately he's gone. But don't Mark- even put his... Don't put his name in the fucking credits because he ain't even, he's not even worth it. No, he's Mark, gone. Mark died at the gas station when he attacked the attendant. That's, that's how far Mark Thank you. this movie. Um, yes. They all follow her downstairs. And this is where they start looking through the strange collection of items. So you've got a music box of the ballerina. You've got mm-hmm. a puzzle sphere, which is ripped straightly off of Hellraiser, but they've made it oh, hell yeah. instead of square. Um, yeah. You've got a wedding dress. You've got a, are they called a conch, the shell? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they've got a conk down there. Um, and then you've got Marty being the only sensible one there going, look, we need to leave this shit alone. He even reaches a point where he goes, I dare you all to go back upstairs. And everyone yeah, ignores he's smart. It. He's really smart. This is um, a really, really tense scene, though, for me. Yeah. I, I Every time I watch this and they're all doing it, even though I've seen it unfold every single time, you're like, mm-hmm. every single one that is down in that basement almost gets to the point where they're going to, sort of reach that point of unlocking it where they're going to unlock the puzzle box or they're going to... Yeah. Do, do you know, it, it's really yeah. tense. You're like, you're watching, you're like, oh, is it going to be this one? Is it going to be that one? Is it going to... You know? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a good scene. I really, really like this scene. It's, it, it's done in a way that you don't know what any of these items do, but every single one mm-hmm. you're like, oh... Are they, is he gonna, is he gonna blow into the conk? Is he gonna open the puzzle box? It, it's Be big, careful yeah. how you say that. You gotta listen, you gotta pronunciate that in. Yeah, so what you're saying is don't blow into the we're, cock. We're getting in a different type of podcast after hours. <laughs> <laughs> they all keep looking through, they ignore Marty. And back at the facility, mm-hmm. I love it when it flicks back. Everyone is sat on the edge of their seat, and the, you can hear a pin drop as they're yeah. all watching, waiting to see what they choose. Um, and it's yeah. Dana who selects something. She picks up a book and starts reading from the book and the others listen. The di- It's a diary of a brutally beaten girl who's beaten by her family. And the last bit says something about them coming back. Then there's a bit of Latin. As she starts to read the Latin, Marty absolutely loses his shit. He's like, don't read that. I've watched yeah. The Evil Dead. Do not, do, not re- do not read that out loud. What are you doing? Yeah, um, but it's a horror movie. It'd be a shit horror movie if she didn't read it. So she read it. We then cut to outside and we see the family rising from their graves, uh, graves, graves, um, back in engineering. Oh, so I'm going to start that again. While you're um, stuttering and muttering, I just want to call this out now. Where was everybody else on the selection that was made? Because for me, I've seen the list on the wall and I've seen the finale. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was the best pick for this film. No, I probably if I could have picked, I really I wanted I I'm 
I wanted the merman. Where were you, now Ellen? Have... What would you have gone for? Because, I mean, the zombie thing's been done to death. So, like, if I have, this, is the yeah. only gripe. this is the only gripe I have with this film. This is the only thing that really annoys me is that mm. I feel like they were a very lackluster selection of the group of possibilities they could have had. I, I think I would I would wanted to see something weird like Merman would have been super weird, right? Because when yeah. do you ever see that? Um, but the zombies, I wasn't like to me, it felt like um, Hocus Pocus zombie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I was like, these zombies are not effective. They're not scary. And their makeup looked. I have a few gripes that we'll get to eventually. Uh, but I didn't necessarily it, have a gripe with the makeup. I just thought like I just thought I the whole world. I just thought they could have done something really, really cool. Like the Hellraiser kind of guy was amazing. And they had... I was going to go with that second because it's yeah. like, it's a, it's a ball. So let's see, like, it's not going to be exactly like Hellraiser, but it's going to open up a different type of evil or something. Right. Instead, they went with zombies and it was just sort of like, okay. It, yeah. Again, I mean, yeah. thankfully enough, Generic. these are not something that's a lingering main focus for the plot. No, but I just, no, no, I just no. felt. No. Given the way this film plays out and all the rest of it, I just felt like the selection yeah. that they chose at this point could have been better. Yeah, yeah I, I'd sure. agree with that. And now I'm back on board and I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> back in the facility, um, <laughs> they're all cheering and hooping and hollering because engineering and the intern picked the correct thing that's going to come to kill them. Um, you yeah. know, the girl comes up and goes, I picked zombies. And Hadley's like, you did pick zombies, but you didn't pick zombie redneck family see they're completely different species so unfortunately you lose uh, and again i like that because it's just a pointless little touch but i i yeah. liked it and i like the fact that merman uh hadley has a moan that it wasn't the merman and yeah. citizen does what any good friend would do is like yeah if i'm honest a merman's not that great and the cleanup's a bitch so you, you don't want it maybe next year maybe next year don't worry about it from here the next 15 minutes is literally zombie carnage um, mm. We get Jules and Kurt go out into the woods for a quickie because all of these pheromones that they've been it had in their chemicals and they pump stuff into the, the atmosphere. They've gone out now to effectively go and go have a quickie. That's what they've gone there for. When they're in the woods, she gets decapitated. And I think this looked great. I, I love this mm-hmm. decapitation. I also like the fact that Kurt just goes, fuck you, bye. And just yeah, rip- it's like... I mean, Whatever. I don't know. He, do, he, do, he does. That's not fair to care. He does do an attempt to try and save her, and he gets like a twelve-inch blade in his back, and then he's held. He's literally held, and yeah. by the remaining family as he's watched as she's decapitated before he finally escapes. It's not like he. I, I wouldn't necessarily say he 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 bails. <laughs> no, he bails on Lisa to die. She's he, already dead by I the mean, time he runs away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. But he, he doesn't hang around. <laughs> um, as she is dead, you see Hadley and Citizen recite a prayer and they pull a lever which pours blood into a carving of a woman on a stone tablet. Kurt gets back to the cabin and he tells everyone that Jules is dead and they barricade the house and they decide to stick together. This is where the movie takes a step that I think is just a, it's a bit weird. I like it, but it's a bit weird. You get a voice from the facility telling them they need to split up and none of them hear this yeah. apart from Marty. And Marty is like, no, 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 we don't need to split up. Like, yeah, yeah, we need to. And there's this big argument. Back in the facility, they go into blind panic. How the fuck did he hear that? Did he hear that? What's going on? He shouldn't yeah. have heard that. I, I liked it. It was just, it's still at this point, if you've seen this movie, obviously you know where it goes. But if you haven't, at this point, 
I have literally explained, or we've explained on this show, as much as you know as a viewer. There's nothing we've missed out. You have no clue what's going on at this point. Yeah, and I'm going to say no, now, really. I'm going to say now that on my first watch of this film, I didn't like it. Did you know? Yeah. Nope. I didn't like this film at all on my first watch, which is going to highlight a lot of my score of this film when it gets to it at the end. But okay. just know yeah. now, going in where we are and we're talking about this as a mm-hmm. first-time viewer, and we're we're progressing through the plot and we're explaining everything. At this point, I was like, "This film fucking sucks, man. What, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. What is going on?" They spend a lot of time trying to figure out why he's like immune to the drugs they've given him, and at this point, he then discover in his panic, he discovers one of the cameras, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" I, I, he's kind of trying to piece together what's going on. Uh, and they are going into meltdown in the facility. And it's at this point where they go, oh, don't worry, one of the zombies. And with that, one of the zombies bursts through the window, uh, dragging him off into the forest. And all you hear is these blood-curdling screams. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Yeah, and they do the release, they do the ritual thing and they release the blood <laughs> down into the gods. They, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. When he gets dragged off, they, they do that. Um, at this time, it goes into the carving of a dancing man holding a wine glass. Which yes. when I wa- when I watched it, I instantly no, I... went, "It's Heather." No, it ain't me. <laughs> I don't have a ding dong. That ain't me. <laughs> no, you you didn't have a. Did- if if you could like fill in the ding dong, that that was you. It was a dancing. Cut the ding dong Fill in the ding dong. <laughs> He's trying to make me have a bigger dick, basically. I mean, honestly, now joking aside, I probably do have a bigger dick than most men sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. I, I, I'm not even going to try to dispute that. Uh, I'm I'm going to glaze <laughs> over it and keep going. A zombie tries to break into Dana's room, uh, but Holden comes to her mm-hmm. rescue, pulling her through the two-way mirror. Uh, yes. They make their way down to the basement, and they work out that this is the basement where the father had tortured the zombie daughter. They try and find their way out, and then bang, bear trap to his back. This is mm-hmm. the coolest weapon ever. It is. It's Rules unique. Well, it was right? different. It was different. I've never, I don't think I've really ever seen a horror film where it's like they use a bear trap. Yeah. Like it's always a knife or machete or axe or something like that. Yeah. So this is a bear trap on a giant steel chain that the zombie Mm -hmm. throws and it goes into his back and then he starts reeling them in. It's a really good weapon. I like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is that, again, they didn't use it enough. I'd like to have seen someone killed with this. Like in a head. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he just like knocked him out a few times. I don't think he didn't kill anybody with it, did he? Though no, no, he didn't. The zombie kind of almost falls into the room, uh, and Dana kills the zombie with a crowbar to the neck, and then repeatedly stabs it until it dies. Mm. Um, they open. Th- this is where they try to find a way out. They can't find a way out. Kurt opens the door from the other side, and they make a good choice. They all get in the camper van and go. Do you know what? This is shit. Let's go. And they all drive away. Yes. And I wasn't sure where it was going after this. And where it went is mm-hmm. not where I expected. Mm-hmm. So they reach the tunnel um, and they go start going through the tunnel. You cut back to the facility and Hadley and Citizen are absolutely losing their fucking mind because engineering have forgot to blow the tunnel and close yeah. them in. Um, now, again, I'm going to jump in here because I don't think that's the case because he goes into this room and he checks a wiring and the wiring has all been disconnected. So I think mm-hmm. this was done by, I'm not going to even try and remember his name. Truman? 
the the other Mr. guy, Mr. Truman, yeah, the Truman yes, Show guy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he has sabotaged the controls in this room to try and relieve his own conscience for being included and being involved in I, the situation. That makes sense because he wasn't. You could tell that he was really hesitant about the whole yeah. thing. Anyways. He didn't want to be there. He, he didn't he like, yeah, paid, but he He's didn't like, like it, and he was always questioning the guys' morality yep. and why they were doing what they were doing, and this isn't right, and you shouldn't be doing this. So I feel it's not a case of they forgot to blow it because even they mention it later on as well. They're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we, it's not, we didn't, we, we, we were sabotaged sort of thing. And Hatley mm-hmm. had to go in and try and jumpstart the cables almost. Yep. I think that Truman Showman had gone in and sabotaged the cables to try and give them a fighting chance to be able to get away. Yeah. And, and that makes mm-hmm. sense. It, it does make sense. And but it's not said like that way in black and white throughout the film at all. But I mm-hmm. think it's sort of yeah. directed in that way. But now you've said it it, it, it does, that would make sense and it fits with the story and it fits with him being a massive tool. That's kind of, it kind of, kind of works for me. It works for mm. how I view his character. Um, yeah. Midway through the tunnel, uh, Citizen fixes the problem and it begins to collapse and they reverse all the way out of the tunnel um, and they're now trapped on a cliff edge. So they've got the cabin behind them, a block tunnel in front of them and to mm-hmm. their left they've got uh, a cliff which is, I don't know, 30 foot gap between the two edges to get back to the road the other side. On the back of the trailer, they've got a dirt bike. And Kurt jumps on this. He's like, oh, I've jumped, done bigger jumps than this before. And watching this, I'm like, oh, this is great. He's gonna he's gonna go, he's gonna go get help. He goes off the cliff and then splat into the invisible wall that the bird hit earlier and falls yep. to his death. And we get the carving then filling the the statue or the the carving of a, a jock or like a muscly type character. Yeah, because as each one is killed, there the statue's getting filled up. Yeah, yeah, with the blood running through it. But I just did not really like the way that they killed um, Kevin uh, in the woods. Thor. Yeah, no, this was the best kill. This is the best kill in the film really? as well because it was just so unexpected. Because you get that throwaway scene at the beginning with the eagle flying into the. But was thing. it? And it never comes back around again up until this point, and you forget all about it. And then when he jumps a cliff and you see him hit it, you're like, oh shit, fuck yeah, you shouldn't but, be doing that. Uh, <laughs> and he tumbles okay, down so... it as well. So fucking weird. Oh man, honestly, I loved it. I loved it. So yeah. cool. I, I, I didn't love it. Um, <laughs> I just, um, I knew. I was like, this motherfucker gonna be like, because I remembered. The stupid bird, because birds are stupid anyway. Like, I was like, this is good. This is, I knew it. I was like, this is what's going to happen. He's not going to make it. It's not going to fucking make it. Now, the way he fell down was pretty, like, it was, he did, like Mark. Dead. Duh. Yeah, and I did like when he fell down. Every time he hits the wall, it makes like a pinball machine noise. Like a ding, dong, ding, dong. Yeah, that was cool. But like I say, I I didn't remember the first time around. When I watched this for the first time, I completely forgot about that throwaway couple of second scene with the bear yeah. flying into it at yeah. the beginning. I didn't even pay any real attention to that. And yeah. so I did, did because it's like, weird. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and the yeah, I just thought it was but... so strange. <laughs> yeah, the bird flying in at the beginning is literally, it's a second. It's a, you yeah. see a bird flying, it's a dump, and then they cut straight away from it. So it's, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really subtle. But yeah, I, I love this kill. I wish they'd killed a different character. I wanted Chris Hemsworth to the end. I think mm. he is now a big enough actor that there's no way this would happen to him in a movie now. But when no, this came out, he was a, he was a nobody effectively. He'd come off the was back he? of Neighbours. Yeah, 
Okay, because he he like Thor and all the Marvel like is that is that correct? Like that whole universe of that come stuff that this. he was in. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. I didn't watch any of this. He was on an Australian soap called Neighbors before this. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, which is a, huh? a really bad budget soap. I mean, I think it was Neighbors or maybe Home and Away. Neighbors yeah. or Home and Away. He was on soap. one. He was on one of those Australian budget soaps that in the UK and the. 80s everyone thought was amazing and everything yeah oh yeah yeah um, no holden and dana now make their way back to the cabin realizing that crazy marty might actually have been right and there might be something mm-hmm. too they need to stay put and find a way out which marty was screaming at them earlier <laughs> when they got into the the camper van there was blood on the inside of the window and they mm-hmm. show you just again just a brief shot of it and as they're driving back that all comes to fruition as a zombie stabs Holden in the side of the head. It's so brutal. It's through the Graphic neck. Oh, is it well, the yeah. neck? It's through the oh, neck. Oh, it's through the neck from yeah. the back. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. very, very gory and Gross. Violent. I like it. Apparently, yeah. I'm like a psycho, so I like, you know, scary stuff where people get chopped up because, you know, I can't talk about my dreams because when I said that, now I'm crazy. And Mark, I know you're smiling. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have a wife. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, you know what? You can't help it. Sometimes you got to chop off the head, the arms, the legs. Just keep chopping them up. Like, because you don't know. Like, if they can't come back. I don't know. Chop them up. (laughs) I was was referring to the fact that my wife thinks I'm weird watching horror films. I don't know where you're going. (laughs) That was the dream I had. Anyways, about I, I killed... Anyways, we're not going to get into that, but yeah, though, um, a lot of people think I'm weird for liking that kind of shit. So I'm there with you. Yeah, I don't don't think you're weird. Um, (laughs) The camper van then crashes into the lake. Um, Back at the facility, they're all happy now. They're they're happy that everyone now has died. Um, And the the virgin Mm -hmm. character who's played by Dana, um, she's apparently optional, so they don't need to kill her. She pulls herself up onto the dock as a zombie turns up and literally kicks the crap out of her for quite a decent amount of time. He's picking her up, he's throwing her, he's booting mm-hmm. her across the deck. Um, there's a big party going on in the facility. They're, they're getting champagne. People are turning up, they're bringing food. It's, it's a proper proper get-together. Um, yeah. And this is when the red phone, which I dubbed as the bat phone on the wall, rings. <laughs> and citizens like, everybody shut the fuck up right now and he answers the phone and his response is fantastic because you don't hear what said he's gone but we followed the rules exactly okay no Mm. don't worry we'll deal with it this is where we get dana they you could see on the screens behind him as he's like we'll deal with it as he's fighting the zombies fighting dana you get a kill with the giant bong because marty is not dead and he yep. wallops the zombie round the head with the bowl and saves Dana. This was brilliant. I was excited. I was like, oh, man, yes, he did. Because I really liked his character. He's probably like my favorite character, really, in the movie. And I was like, oh, yes, he didn't die. Like, Because, I don't know, it made me excited. I was like, the stoner yeah. lives. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. That's the beauty of this film. Like, you played up to a trope where you expect him yes. to die first. So when he does die first, you just kind of, Oh, okay, exactly. that's the end of his, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. When he comes back in this moment, you're like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like, he should I not know. be doing this. He should not be the hero in this situation. He definitely should not be the hero, for sure. And they shoot he, it brilliantly. Is... 
as well because mm-hmm. when he comes in there's this kind of like epic music just building up and there's a slow-mo as he jumps through the air yeah. and swings this massive travel cup bowl it, yeah <laughs> it, it's, it's it's really good and they make a good thing of making him the hero they escape from this zombie and they get their way back to the cabin and marty shows dana that he's found a room in the basement and he can open the door to a, an elevator and he's mm-hmm. like i can make the elevator go down but i can control it from out here so i've got to start it and then we jump in she's like well, do you think it's a good idea to go down? He's like, well, it's fucking better than being up here with all the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. And they jump in and they go down. This is where it just goes. So th- this movie here takes a step beyond anything I ever expected from it. They mm-hmm. go down and you get this. They're in pitch darkness and they go down in the, the lift and then it pulls out, sort of goes sideways. And it stops next to various other boxes like this lift that have got various different monsters. So you get one that's got the ballerina and her face is like a mouthful of teeth. And you get mm-hmm. the the <clears throat> guy who is a complete rip-off of Pinhead, but he's saw blade head. Yeah. yeah. And he's got the puzzle box that we see in the basement earlier on sort of thing. Um, who else do you get? You get the werewolf, which was cool. Yeah. Werewolf. The ghost. the ghost was really, really cool as well. I really like the ghost guy with the... You see the sort of mist coming up to the screen uh-huh. and the hand coming down the glass. That was really, really clever. Overall, this this is there's just very a lot of them. Done. Yeah, there is, yeah. there is, and you get the pan out scene and then they're all interchanging like they're on a mm-hmm. timer. And I have to feel like this was a nod and a homage to Cube, which yeah. one of the best sci-fi horrors Cube? out there, I think. Yeah, or Thirteen Ghost. Or yeah, Thirteen Ghost made... as well. Yes, it, very... that's I, I haven't seen Cube. I don't, actually, I don't think I've ever si- actually like sat down and watched it. But you like Thirteen Ghosts, <laughs> I need to rectify a lot of shit in my life. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like Thirteen Ghosts. Like Thirteen Ghosts is not a favorite of mine though, so it's not like a rewatch for me. I, I don't. I really don't love it. I'm one of those people, uh, you know. But anyway, that's what it reminded me of. I was just like, oh, because each of the ghosts were in a separate thing, a room or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it's a cool scene, and the panning back shot is great. And if you pause the panning back shot, I'll get to it in facts. There's mm-hmm. lots of there's lots of little cool nods in there, Tara, and some weird shit in there as well that I'll mention. When the lift stops, they get out, and they are effectively attacked by a group of tactically armed military personnel and they hide in like this little control room that's right by the the lift so it's got bulletproof glass Uh, there's a button in there that says purge system and dana goes that's a good idea i'll tell you what i'll do that big thing that's like a flick switch and then a safety lever and then a big red button that pretty much says do not push i'm going to push that after she pushes that button shit it's all it's chaos. <laughs> yeah, chaos. And I love I love the way that this is filmed as well because it's so cool because the camera is fixed. It's fixed at the top of the hallway, mm-hmm. and you just see all these elevators down either side, and you see all the armed SWAT people sort mm-hmm. of in a mass in the middle, and they, all of a sudden you hear this elevator standard ping, and it goes ping, and it just yeah. opens, and it just goes, <laughs> and they just swarm in, and you get every creature you could possibly imagine bursting through these doors and taking out this SWAT team left, right and centre and it's it's fantastic. It, it is so beautifully done. It really, really is. Yeah, and I love the I love the moment that when the SWAT team, the head of the SWAT team realises what's happened 
and it is mm. as the elevator tings. He tings and you see his shoulders drop and he like lowers his weapon. It's like, there's mm-hmm. not even any point now. I know yeah. I'm yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Basically. But, uh, really, uh, yeah. This I can't begin to describe the amount of bloodshed and carnage in this scene. Yeah. There's a there's a giant cobra. There's uh, I everything. think the cobra is my favorite. I think or the scarecrows. Which which what what are you guys picking? I liked the cobra. You want to know what I'm thinking? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, what are you going for? Uh, uh, we might get into a physical fight. Well, we can't physically fight, but we might get into a virtual fight. So like that scene is cool. Like with the elevators, that's cool to me. But I like the CGI stuff. It had to be CGI, right? I mean, it yeah. was a little... Well, the fact that you're saying that it had to be CGI makes me know that you weren't 100% sure how CGI it was. Because no, it's that good. I just, that was no mark. That I'm not done yet, dear. Okay? <laughs> Anyways, it was more of a... How do I say this nicely? But anyways, uh, you're, yeah, you're that's not the, my thing. You're on the Euro podcast. Don't say it nicely. Just say it. It's say just... It, it, it looked extremely cheesy. Like, what do you think? When all of the animals, like, you know, you have the, what was it, like a bat? Yeah. It looked like a fucking bat werewolf thing. I don't even know. It looked like some shit off of How to Train Your Dragon. And I was like. <laughs> Obviously, Heather, like, me and you have the similar taste in films. Like, you we do. Like, you movie shit as well. Like, so for me, I thought this was I fantastic. don't like CGI, though. Like, CGI. Yeah, I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't but like I just it. thought this was so well done. Like, the, the CGI I like... was incredible. <laughs> We're going to buy Scott. <laughs> so this, this is the whole thing. It's not that I did. It's not that I hated it. It's just, obviously this is more of a horror comedy. So the whole time I'm like, this isn't scary. Like, Oh my God, this is like, what the fuck is that? A power ranger? Like I just was like, not scared by it. It didn't get me. The effects were cool in the sense of like elevators opening up, everything comes out. That's really inventive and that's neat. But I was like, what, the, what is that? And the blood? But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I tell I've you been what, watching a lot of bad movies. That scene, <laughs> that scene, and we'll just add the Power Rangers music to it now. I can do the Power Rangers move, but not right now because I'm pregnant. But I have video of me actually doing it at my friend's house. I jumped off her couch. I was drunk. I was the Pink <laughs> Ranger, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Mark, sorry. No, no, I agree. I'm holding back my rage Look, right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to woosah myself. Yeah, we, 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 calm down. Calm yeah. your tits down. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> calm your titties. You're fine. Look, um, look, I, you know how I am. You know I'm opinionated. And I you thought know, you would have loved this. I thought you would have been I, It's it. not. Did he not hear me, Scott? It's not that I don't, don't love me, it. Don't write me into your argument. But this is your show. Anyways, <laughs> it's yeah. not that I didn't love it. It's I didn't think it was like garbage. I was just expecting some of the some of the CGI kind of like was jarring to me. So I think if they would have left out a few of the creatures, I would have been like a little more into that. But I'm already going into the film knowing that it's pretty funny. Like, yeah, there's nothing scary about. Well, for me, did you know who else went into the monsters and didn't like the CGI? That was Dana and Marty as they run down the stairs. Um, <laughs> so they head down the stairs to the control room. Did you like that? That was smooth. I'm in a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they run downstairs, you cut to Hadley, and Hadley finally gets his wish as he gets a merman, 
Um, mm -hmm. The merman literally like lumbers and crawls across the floor to him and then eats his face, spraying blood out of like a blowhole on its back. And instantly yeah. you get the call back to Citizen going, they're a bitch on cleanup. It's like, oh, yeah, I see now that they spray shit <laughs> everywhere. They're not good. Um, Citizen manages to escape this as he jumps down a hatch. When he gets down to the bottom of the hatch, he bumps straight into Dana, who stabs him. Mm -hmm. He's saying to Dana that she must kill Marty. She has to kill him. Yeah. And that's kind of his his, his dying wish. And it's at this point in the movie where we realise they are trying to make a sacrifice to some elder gods. And they yeah. do this all over the world and they need one to succeed to save the world. And if it doesn't, the world will end. And every yeah. other facility has failed apart from theirs. Now, this is where you realise as a viewer that Citizen and Hadley and all these horrible monsters, they're actually the good guys. And I love that twist on it. Mm -hmm. But now you're going, actually... Yeah, you you need to kill him now. Marty's got to go, and I, I like the fact they do that. It's such a there's no other movie I can think of that gives you that twist. I didn't still necessarily think that they were still the good guys at this point. Did you not? No, I didn't. And I, I get it. I get it. Now you say it like that. Like, yeah, they clearly are the defenders. Yeah, mm -hmm. but but it didn't appeal to me in that way. Like, I was still like, yeah, but is it worth sacrificing the five? And in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's definitely worth sacrificing the five. But when you're focusing on these characters throughout, you're like, man, you still, you guys are still assholes. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. Yeah, but no. it, it's such a nice little tweak on it that makes you just have that moment. You go, oh, uh, OK, yeah, I want mm. them to survive. But I understand if they survive, everyone dies. It's, it's a really nice little tweak to a to a story. Yeah. Dana and I don't know if I, I keep calling her Dana, then I call her Dana. Well, that I think it's Dana. Say yeah. it like you're from the South. Dana. Dana. D there you go. <laughs> so, so proud of you. <laughs> uh, so Dana and Marty find themselves in a large room. And in this room, this is uh -huh. where you've got all of the stone tablets on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet the director of the facility, Sigourney Weaver. What's the actual fuck? Is she doing in this she, movie? And she looks like she's 35. Mm. I mean, to me, I did I know that she's older than that. But I was like, damn, that's she still looked like that. I mean, yeah. no, granted, this is eleven years ago, but still, like, she looked good, and I just haven't seen her in you know, in anything really in a long time. So Yeah, I was, was like, damn, she looks I, good. I was literally I sat there, but fuck, it's Sigourney Weaver. Why is Sigourney Weaver here? And I, <laughs> because I, she I, plays that character. G very well really really she's well. kind of like bone dry face and it's just like mm, this is the way it has to be and she's good at being kind of a bitch actually. yeah and she does it really well so she explains to them the whole situation that there are elder gods she explains there's a sacrifice she mm -hmm. explains that marty has to die um and she explains that dana needs to be the one that kills him so at this point dana points a gun at marty's head and we get the Wolfman call back as the wolf mm -hmm. drags her back into the darkness. Martin did you think at this point, though, that Dana was going to go through with it? Yeah, I did. I did. She looked like she was going to, didn't she? She looked like she was going to take him down. Yeah, mm. I, I thought there was a brief second I thought she was going to. Um, I, Marty picks up the gun and he shoots at the wolf, scaring the wolf away. Mm -hmm. He then has this kind of weird fight with Sigourney Weaver and don't fight Ellen fucking Ripley. It's not going to end <laughs> well for you. No. But they have the fight. He, he's about to lose. Sigourney Weaver's got him down. 
Ellen Ripley's about to kick ass. And he's saved by the zombie girl from the family mm-hmm. at the beginning who buries an axe into the back of Sigourney Weaver's head. And this this effect, I don't know if it's CGI or it's practical, but this looks brilliant. That one, it yeah, to me, it looked more realistic. I don't want to get in a fight again with Mark, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. just saying, <laughs> it actually looked like, even if it was CGI, which I'm sure they used some, because I feel like yeah. in this film, that's the base, They that's pretty much what they used. But um, it was a little more realistic. And I was like, oh, well, bye. And I was yeah. like, finally, somebody's head got smashed in. That's what I've been waiting on. And the noise it made is exactly the same noise it makes in Creep when they bury the axe in. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, shit that is that fucked up. Yeah, that's weird as fuck, that, that, that final scene. It does yeah. it in that as well. It is that, that's that's that fucked up. sort of a noise. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really like a- good. It's the way he kicks. It's the way he kicked off afterwards. That's what. That's what really enjoyed it for me was where he kicked the zombie girl off, knowing that it would mm-hmm. pull Sigourney Weaver down with it because yep. the axe was buried in her head. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's, it's yep. a really great shot. Um, after this, it gets a little bit weird because Marty and Dana sit down, roll up a joint, and smoke and agree. Well, let's let the world end. It's probably about time someone else had a chance to run things because it's pretty shit as it is. The final shot of the movie is a giant hand smashing through the ground, through the cabin, and then yeah. slamming down on the floor. Mm. Where were we all with the final shot? How mm. did we? I, I mm. loved it. Oh, well, well, we know you did. I mean, <laughs> that's apparent. <laughs> no, I just, I, it's not Stop that I didn't me, like... Ever. Stop sassing me, I like this film, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. Is he talking to me? no like i didn't like the way it ended because i needed to know a little bit more even though we know already like we know but me i hate a conclusion like that i'm just like but could could y'all just switch this up and let them live and then the world not end can we be positive but i know that's not what i I don't care that's what i wanted and if anyone's wondering, I'm... this is why the co-hosts of the shows are on separate shows and not all together. Uh, could you imagine if we brought Elise on as well? This would just I'd just sit here and just watch. She she would be saying fuck every five seconds. Like she says it as much as I do, but I, she might have me beat actually yeah. on some sometimes. <laughs> you you need to see the editing that goes into YouTube. That word is said a lot. I can imagine. I've watched the episode. I I know. Elise, I, Elise I, I love you. I know you're listening, but you are yeah. one step away from being Eric Cartman from South Park. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. It's okay. Uh, it's like it makes her, it's makes her charming. That's it does. An, an endearing quality. Um, another endearing quality is the three-word review. So let's find out what you all thought about this movie. We wanted them. You delivered them. It's this week's from the listeners okay as it's the season finale i decided to pick out some of our most frequent three word reviewers for the the entire season and everyone who's featured has given three word reviews pretty much every single week they've not always appeared on the show but every week they get involved and Thank you, every single one of you who does that every week. And you're all great. Although you don't get picked every week, you are really, really appreciated. So we have got Insult World Insult Word Fighting. 
absolute meta mayhem. And they are a Monkey Island Post Daily. I've said that lots, and I'm not going to explain it. You need to go and follow them. So that's insults, word, fighting. Uh, we've got Skellington fan. Uh, unpopular opinion. Trash. Skelly. Come on. Skelly. Ooh, you're you're going to hurt Mark's feelings a lot. You, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, Josh at Nightmare on Woodsboro Lake. An unexpected conclusion. I think that pretty much nails it. Uh, we've got Horror Review Girl, Elise. Uh, absolutely fucking amazing. So Wow. Elise, yeah. For a season finale, this is it. Me and Elise have <laughs> actually agreed on something. Amazing. You, you have. And I think had she been on, it would have been unbearable with you two going, this is so good. This is so great. <laughs> uh, we've got Cray Cray KJ. Uh, unique, amazing, creepy. And they are an awesome horror account. You need to go and follow them. Uh, and finally, we've got Zebelbrox, Unique Horror Twist. Now, Zebelbrox is co-host of Spaceman and the Doll podcast. Now, mm-hmm. many would say that it's a coincidence that I chose Zaphod's three-word review last. Others would say it's fake. But honestly, it's because it's time for Heather to see if she can catch him on Broken Spirit. <laughs> ah, my spirit's already broken. <laughs> I told you, I want to play a game. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. The power of Christ compelled you! What have you done to its eyes? Well, it's elevated horror. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. You're going to like it. I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. How was that the slaughterhouse? All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh, I know this money, fuck. Now, Broken Spirit is the unbeatable quiz that has dominated this season. Um, I've decided to modify it today as it's a season finale. Uh, as everyone knows, Heather listens every single week. And she said it earlier in the episode, which just tied so nicely into this. That didn't um, mean I remember shit, but OK. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do this week is not only test Heather's, Heather's hollow... Ho- Heather, ha, la, 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 la. Not only test... Heather's horror knowledge. We're also <laughs> going to test her memory as all oh, of the questions from Broken Spirit. <laughs> all of the questions from Broken Spirit have appeared in this show this season and been answered correctly. I ain't gonna rem- I ain't gonna remember. <laughs> um the question is, Heather, who would you like to start quizzing you? Would you like me both, to go first? Both. I know how this goes. Both. Let yeah, me no, just no, have no. y'all both. Yeah, no, no. You're, 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 you're getting both of us. This is finale. Do you want me first or Mark first? Shit, I guess you. You're going to go with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Scream, Scream came out in 1996 and was directed by the great Wes Craven. But who wrote it? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm already going to fail it. Because I can't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. Come on, rack your brains. No, I can't. I'm sorry for yelling. I mean, like, Wes Craven didn't write it. No? No, Wes Craven didn't write it. Think. Kevin Williamson? Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Plucked out of nowhere. Well done. Ten points. Mark over to you. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll clear my throat a minute. I just yeah. slightly choking. It's okay. What is, the, what is the only horror movie to star Buster Rhymes? Oh, Halloween Resurrection. Well done. That's 20 points. 
Okay, mm. Qu question three. If you go out on this, Heather, this will be the funniest exit of Broken Spirit ever. I don't uh, care. Bruce Campbell played Ash Williams multiple times in movies and Ash vs. the Evil Dead. But could you name one Marvel movie that he has appeared in? Oh, was it, um, was it Doctor Strange? Yeah, correct. Well done. Okay. Well done. Uh, oh, y'all, this... But you are now tied with Spaceman and the Dog. I don't want to be tied. I don't give a shit. I don't want to be tied with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like tied with myself anyway. <laughs> Go on then, Mark. Over to you. Question number four. Question number four. Who wrote the 1981 movie The American Werewolf in London? Oh, my God. See, I don't know because uh, I haven't seen that movie since... What year are we in now? 2022? No, you, you know this. You know this. We've spoken about this before. Think. Think within Think within your mind. You know who did this. Because yeah, we spoke about it the other week. Because we, I watched it and I messaged you and I said to you. Uh, John Landis? Yes. Well done. Correct. So you, you are now... So smart. Yeah. You are now... <laughs> I don't know. You are now top of the leaderboard. Uh, you could walk away now and potentially steal the season, or you could keep going. What do you want to do? Oh, shit. Wait a minute. But are you... Who is other people going to take the quiz, or is this like, I'm done? No, no, no. There's still more people to do it. So we've got oh. Mr. Tazzy well, no, on let's the next. Keep, no, keep going. Keep going. Fuck it. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. Um, the Hollywood <laughs> remake of The Ring was released in 2002. When did the Japanese original come out? I didn't it, watch that. Was it A, 1997, B, 1998, C, 1999, or D, 2000? Oh my God, I'm gonna kill myself, 98. Correct, wow. 50 points. Yo. Over, over to you, Mark. Question number six. Scream is set in which fictional town? Woodsboro. Well done. Correct. Well, yeah, because that one's easy. What? There are a varied amount of questions. We even know what you've done. Some people would have found that extremely difficult. Probably. Question number seven, and this was from when we had Angel on, the voice of the mausoleum, and it's the question she still complains that she got wrong. Which film footage movie centres around a character named Kurt Kunkel. I I'll don't remember. A, I'll give you a clue. The character is played by the same guy who plays Steve Harrington. Oh, Spree? Correct. You might have well given her the answer, though. <laughs> I might as well have done. Yeah, okay. No, but no, but no, but, no, but <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that movie either. I've just seen it, like, advertised. So, like, I haven't watched it. Good, you should. That's really, really cool. Yeah, really good. No more support now. No, no more assistance. So, Mark, over to you. Yeah. Question number eight. <laughs> question number eight. What is the highest-grossing horror movie of all time? Oh God. Uh, you don't have to give us your final answer. Spit, spitball with some ideas and where you're at with this. You don't have to give us your final answer to shit. Throw some ideas of where you think what would be the highest grossing horror film of all time uh, shit I don't know but like I, I know it can't I, I, it can't be Halloween 
because that seems a little far-fetched. I mean, even though it did incredible, like, you know, whatever. Oh, my God, the highest grossing was it, it's not Scream. So, so I don't, I really, honestly, I don't know. Like, I'm, that's a, that's a big, that's hard. So, <laughs> like, you're, recurring, I don't know. you're currently at question number eight, so you're on 80 points. <clears throat> you can take a gamble and you can guess, or you can walk away with your 80 points. I'm walking, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. I'm walking away. I'm walking away. Because I worked too it? hard. Yes. You're taking it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, well done. You are now well leading the quiz. Uh, you got 70 points, not 80. You were on question eight. Yes. Oh, apologies. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. No, that's right. okay. That's fine. I still have beat everybody. You, you have me. so far. Yeah. You have. Um, <laughs> currently in first place. Well done. The answer, uh, Mark, what was the answer? Yeah, tell the me the answer. The answer was it, chapter one from 2017. And you know what? Now that you say that, I remember it. Like, yeah, it's just one of them quizzes, man. Honestly, but if we'd have given yeah. you, if we'd have given you um, save me, and you'd have had multiple choice on that, I can guarantee you would have. Got I, I would have got it. Yeah, I, no, I would have gotten it. I just rewatched both of those not like a month ago. Uh, and um, as it as it is the season finale, I want <clears throat> to give you question nine. So I'm okay. Gonna you, I'm going to give you one more question. Um, only because it's a Dream Warriors question, and I want to see how good your knowledge oh, is. Oh, shit. Um, in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, what character has the power to be strong? The power to be strong? Kincaid? Yeah. Yeah, so you'd have yeah. got that one. Yeah, okay, so that's good. That's good. But you, see, like, that one kind of, it kind of got me stirred up, because, like, when you ask, like, the highest grossing, you start thinking of all the like genres, the decades, and you're like, holy shit. And then it's weird that it is it chapter one. Like that's weird to me in yeah, a way. Yeah, you see the thing, that's, that's what's weird about this quiz. Is I think I would have gotten the it chapter one, but if you'd have asked me the dream warriors question, there is no way I would have been able to answer that. Oh, I, I love, I think it's uh, just all catered to knowledge. Yeah. I think it's all I, just catered I, yeah. to preference on this quiz. It's so difficult. You could go out on question <laughs> one, you could guarantee uh-huh. you'd maybe be able to get the next 10 questions right. That's how yeah. difficult yeah. it is based on your knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. That's it. Well, well done. You, you, yeah, you're okay. top of the pops. Woo! You're top of the pops. I, I could, yep. I, Let's see who's going to beat me. I could win my bet. There's only three people left to take the quiz. So we've got one, okay. one on the franchise head-to-head, and then we've got two at the start of season six while I'm on holiday. And then I come back mm-hmm. and our brand new quiz arrives. So Okay, it's going to so, be yeah. changed up. Yeah, so you've got a chance. You you could be top of the pops. Um, let's move over into facts. Heather Silman, seventy points, first place. So during the lake scene, so you remember when they I said it's the stupid team mm-hmm. lake scene where they're all taking their tops off and they're diving in the water. Uh, Marty yes. leaves all of his clones on. He doesn't take his top off. The reason for this is Frank Kratz, who plays Marty is incredibly ripped in better shape than Chris Hemsworth. And oh, the damn. director did not want the geeky, nerdy stoner character to look more ripped than Chris Hemsworth. So he insisted that he kept it on. <laughs> he also insisted that he wore clothes that were two sizes too big to hide. I noticed that. Like, yeah, I tell they... you what, I, I Googled the character. I Googled the actor who played the character. Yeah. To all the yeah. stuff he'd been in and all of his Google images is literally him just shredding to fuck off. Like, there is no way that is the same guy. Yeah. And I, I thought that was wonderful that this, the, 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 uh, yeah. uh, just so everyone knows, Heather is now, Heather is now Googling to, to see the <laughs> What was his name here? Uh, Fran Kraz. Yeah. Fran Kraz. So F R A N 
K R A Z. You go. I got it. <laughs> Does Heather approve? What's yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Baby um, daddy. <laughs> um, Dang. The thermal coffee mug bong that he carries um, was actually a fully functional mug and fully functional bong. And it was a prototype made for the film that cost $5,000 of their budget. Damn. How the fuck did this thing cost $5,000? It's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bong and a cup. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but I used to smoke weed. I could have made that for fuck all. You could have made it with a fucking apple or some shit, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. There you go. When Jules kisses the wolf head on the wall, which is still one of my favourite scenes. Um, Apparently. They co- yeah. They covered the tongue in powdered sugar um, to give it a dusty look and to make it tolerable for Anna Hutchinson because she struggled to do uh. it when it was just rubber. Yeah, I was going to say, this... this wasn't an actual wolf, was it? This was a <laughs> no, rubber prosthetic. It, it was a prosthetic yeah. tongue. Yeah. The failed rituals from the other countries that you see in the movies, so you get flashes of all these other countries that have failed, um, are references constantly to other monster movies. So the Kuroto ritual is that failed is a message, is a reference to the ring. Uh, the Buenos Aires one is a reference to King Kong. The Stockholm reference is to John Carpenter's The Thing. And the Madrid one appears to be a reference to Dracula as well. So all of those failed things referenced other horror movies, but only just a little mm-hmm. bit. Really, 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 really clever. Yeah. The main focus one is the ring one, isn't it? Where all yeah. the school children do the ceremony at the end, which summons it back into the lily flowers. Yeah. The being from the golden sphere, so the the one in the um, the, the puzzle box, the one who's a rip-off of Pinhead, um, He's even more of a rip-off of Pinhead because in the credits, he is known as Fornicus, the Lord of Bondage and Pain. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so Excellent. He, he could not be any more of a rip-off of Pinhead if they'd called him, like, Pinhead Mark II. Um, Heather Langenkamp, I bet you didn't expect to hear her name in facts, um, she hmm. served as a member of the cast and crew as she'd done a huge amount of the visual effects for this movie. She is a special That's effects crazy. artist with her husband. So she was yeah. she was on set all the way through. Evil Dead 1981, 1984, Resident Evil 2002, the Friday the 13th franchise, Cabin Fever, Saw are all considered the mm-hmm. biggest influences behind this movie. Yeah. Man, there is so many others throughout the way. I mean, you've got Pennywise and clown which is a massive one yeah if he's got scarecrows everything everything you can think it's of in the horror lie. genre is in here is is somewhere or another surely yeah. the, the, this mm-hmm. film also nearly took another step where heather would have forgiven all the shit cgi without question because uh, bruce campbell nearly played the director instead of sigourney mm. weaver but he was unavailable believe it or not sigourney weaver was the second choice to play the director over bruce campbell well, i would have preferred I mean... bruce Oh, and pull me too, always. Yeah. <laughs> always. That would have made it feel more meta and more self-aware. If he yes, yeah, I think, I. yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second movie that Sigourney Weaver has turned up at the end and played the person in charge, the big arsehole. Um, she also done it in the movie Paul in 2011. Yeah, she did. <clears throat> so, I, I'm guessing she gets a, maybe it's a fixed fee. There's a fixed fee to get Sigourney maybe Weaver so. as arsehole. <laughs> I still bet she was the most highly paid cast member on set. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I reckon she cost a fortune. Um, finally, the blood spewing out of the merman, merman's blowhole. 
um, was a late idea to the film. They went back and edited the conversation about it being a, a messy cleanup. It's a bitch to clean up. They edited mm-hmm. that to put this scene in. When they filmed this, the blood that pumps out was set on, on a machine. They switch go and it pumps blood out. Um, <clears throat> that happened for nine and a half minutes, of which they used 10 seconds in the movie. So for nine and a half minutes, that sprayed blood all over the set. And, they and that's a lot of blood that pumps out of that as well, man. Imagine that going yeah. for nine and a half minutes. And it, it, it then rings true to the line that they edited back in, clean up as a bitch. the scores this week so the listeners have scored this a 7 out of 10 Um, and I'm going to end the season for once completely agreeing with them this movie's got some great moments concept's fantastic but it's lacking in lots of places for me Um, the CGI in this is not great there's bits that are good but bits that aren't so hot Uh, I found some scenes drawn out and some of the some of the homages are great. Some of the rip-offs are too much. So Pinhead for me was like, come on, you're just yeah. being lazy now. You've got such a scope mm. to play with. You can create any character you want. And even in one of the boxes, there is a 10-foot kitten. Why didn't we have the 10-foot kitten instead of Pinhead? That would have been awesome because what movie's got a 10-foot killer kitten? That would have been great. But they didn't. They swayed towards these kind of almost like safe choices. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fun movie if you've got a group of you and you've got some beers and you all sit mm-hmm. down and you chill out and watch a horror movie. This is easily the most prequelable movie ever made. You could bang out five yeah. prequels to this, do a different... You could bang out ten prequels to this and pick a different monster every single time, and it would be great because you get to see all of these monsters we didn't get to see. I love it. It's entertaining, but it's nothing special. It's rehashed ideas in a new new way, putting them all in a box and throwing them all in. I was kind of underwhelmed. It, it, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. You say that on such a cliffhanger, like you hate it, but you give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 is a high score for something like this. I, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy <laughs> it, but I just kind of... I, I feel that they had such a scope to play with. They basically created a world that is almost as manipulatable as Freddy's dream world. They had so much scope to do anything they wanted. And they went with zombies, ghost girl, or the ballerina girl. They went with all these kind of traditional tropes that we've seen before. They went with the pinhead character, but they, they picked a a CGI snake, but that's about as far out there as they went, but they could have gone as far as they wanted with this. And they just, I felt that they kind of, they held back when what I wanted them to do was just go full on, fucking have everything. Have have a 10 foot kitten maul a man and drag him around a, drag him around Mm -hmm. the room like a toy. No, I get that. I understand that. And I appreciate that. And uh, for me, I, as I said earlier, I didn't like this film at all. The first time I watched it, I feel like it's a film that grows on you with multiple watches or with very jarringly, concerned about the direction this was taking the first time you watch it it was it was confusing to me i didn't like the back and forth and the bouncing and the the duke's position between the laboratory and the cast that you follow <clears throat> and how contrastingly different the tones were between the two story acts that you follow 
and, and it was a long. I mean, I've seen this film hundreds of times, and 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 it it must have took me at least ten, twenty times before I finally started to get on board with the direction they were taking with it before it landed with me. Something you shouldn't have to do with the film. Don't get me wrong; like you shouldn't have to watch a film that many times to be able to appreciate the direction they are taking it in. Something that I do understand, but for me. I thought the casting was great. I think the story was fantastic. I like how it takes the traditional direction purposefully. I feel like everything is done deliberately. I feel like it's a purposeful, standard, cabin in the woods, Friday the 13th slasher style film, but done in a way that's so very meta and so self-aware that you can't help but but love it. Knowing If you're a fan of the genre, then you're a fan of everything that this film tries to put on display. And don't get me wrong, I can appreciate what you're saying with the lazy aspects, with the character decisions that they chose when it comes to the stuff that they, they, they ultimately go with, the, the zombie redneck family. And that is one of my biggest gripes with this film is that I feel like they could have picked something a lot stronger based on the wide variety of things they had to go with. But overall, this is such an enjoyable experience to watch this film. And every time I watch it, I always pick up on something new that I didn't see the previous time that I watched it. Or there was a nod to a film that I didn't necessarily, or I hadn't more to the point. It wasn't the case where I didn't pick it up, but I hadn't seen the film that this film was referencing. Yeah. So I'll watch a horror film, something from the eighties and I will then go back and watch the cabin in the woods. I'm like, Oh shit. I never picked up on that because that was Mm -hmm. based on the film that I've only just recently watched. And, I love this film and I and I watch it a lot and, and it's a it's a go-to film for me where I'm just sat there and I'm scrolling through the multitude of, of social media platforms that you can pick and you can watch these films, you can watch horror and I'll see Cabin in the Woods pop up and I think, fuck it, I need something mindless to watch and I'll always go to this film and uh, it's got its problems but if I was to rank this based on my sole enjoyment from it every single time I watch it, it's a five out of five. I probably my highest scoring film of the season, I think, to be honest. But it, it for me, and I know and I know when I say this, this is not necessarily the right score to give it because it does have its problems. Hey, I, I, personal, can't, I can't I can't knock you. I scored Sharknado three and nine. Yeah. It, it, my personal enjoyment out of it, it's a five out of five. I love this film and I will watch it multiple times till the day I die. I think it's a really, really enjoyable film and, and it, it it doesn't it doesn't warrant any negativity towards it. It's done something for fans and it's a, it feels very much like a fan service horror comedy. Um, I haven't seen something done as well as this since Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, first of all, Scott Sharknado you gave it a nine. Well, I don't. Made a three is just oh, so good. <laughs> Best film I've seen this season by far. Any, anyways, oh, we're gonna oh. we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna skip past that fucking nonsense because I don't know. Were you? I mean, like maybe I don't even. I don't even have any fucking words for that. That's just asinine that you say that. <laughs> but. Me, okay, so I'm going to kind of agree with both of you guys on that, uh, on the aspects of the movie because I need to watch it more. I think that this will be a movie that I need to rewatch about three to five more times, seriously, because I've only seen it twice. It's kind of hard for me to give it a direct score, honestly, just because I feel like, like Mark said, I'm going to miss out on stuff. There's going to be something when I watch it the third time that I'm going to go, shit, 
I didn't get that. You know, like I should have gotten that. Um, the CGI, of course, <laughs> some <laughs> I didn't really care for it, but because of the premise of the film, because of the creativity, it was unique. Like, I don't think I've really ever seen a horror film that was like, had such a metaphor in it. And the metaphor to me is like what I got from it was that, you know, the gods or whatever, it's like, we're the gods because we're always searching for a better scare. We're always searching for something that's going to outdo what we're used to seeing. Uh, Used to, we could watch a film like, you know, Friday the 13th. Okay, we're fine with that. All right, simple kill, whatever. But the metaphor in the movie is that that wasn't enough for them. That's why they had to put on a show. So I like that. It was very smart, inventive. So overall, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Just because it's, you know, like, I still don't understand understand this 10 out of 10 shit. Mark, I know that you don't. (laughs) Honestly, he's a 10 out of 10. It's it's one of the most... When I first saw this, like I say, I didn't like it, but I've seen this numerous yeah. times throughout. I think the practical effects works outstanding, and I and I don't get the gripe with the CGI because I thought the CGI and and as you all know, I'm a yeah. big critic for CGI. I hate CGI and horror, but I yeah. thought this was faultless. I didn't for one second find any moment in it where the CGI stepped out to me that I would criticize. Um, it's it. <laughs> Not initially when it first came out, but throughout the years, it's been one of those films that I have highly anticipated a sequel or a prequel. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel like it could warrant a sequel. I feel like you could pick straight up from the ending of this film and you could do something to, you could go full on aliens with it and have a, a human resistance and everything towards the gods and things. And then you could also go back to a more subtle approach and do a prequel where you've got multiple cabins or multiple locations whether it be japan or croatia or all the rest of them and i feel like it just Uh opened a wide scope of mythology that could have been expanded upon so much and it was so disappointing that it didn't um this could have been its own mcu universe on its own and it's a shame it didn't get the opportunity to do that because i i think it's incredible and like i said it's a film that I hated for a lot of time, a long period yeah. of time when it came out, which is so weird for me to give it the score that I've given it now because yeah. it didn't warrant that the first time I watched it. When I first watched it, I thought, oh, this is fucking nonsense. It's stupid. But this is different. My, my, it's my, different. my scope and my journey throughout the horror genre has grown and I've seen a lot more films and I'm picking mm-hmm. up on a lot more nods and I'm like, oh, it's done this because of this or yeah. it did that yeah. because of that or that's why they took that approach with that because that's a nod to that and then I just feel like this is a fan fan film, you know. This is done for the fans of horror, and I feel like it's if 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 you love horror and you love the scope of horror, and you've seen a wide variety of horror films, mm-hmm. and you go back and you see this, and you pick up on all the nods and homages it does throughout. I can't, I, I even yourselves, you guys have both sort of scored it. You've picked upon multiple things that you dislike about it, and you don't think it's an exceptionally great film, but then you've still both scored it reasonably yeah. high you're both within the top sort of 80 90 percent given the criticisms yeah. you both give it, to it it's so it's, it's very rewatchable right. well it is because it is very entertaining so yeah. it doesn't have to be an on set slaughterhouse or like a, a slasher which you know are my some of my favorites uh scott i think those are your favorites i love slasher films but it, like it doesn't have to be scary to be good and i think that's why i gave it such a high score because typically i'd be like you know, I watch a lot of dumb movies. I That's what I do. And most of the time, guess what? I rate them based on how scary they are. And they always fail because they're fucking stupid. But this one, even though it was not scary, 
it is ranked up pretty high to me because it's so enjoyable. I can see that you can have your friends over, have like a, you know, a wine night or whatever, and you can put this movie on. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What we're going to drop into next is something new. So we're going to be trialing a bit for season six, and I need your feedback Mm -hmm. on this. If you like it, it stays. If you don't like it, guess what? (laughs) You don't get it. Um, So we're trying a new feature called Favourite Bit. So I asked everyone in the world across social media what their favourite bit of this horror movie is. And I got some great answers that I wanted to share. Uh, So the first one is DK Rananay. I have no idea what movie this is. I used a picture of Citizen and Hadley. (laughs) And their response was, I don't know what this movie is. So they've got nothing to say. Uh, That was helpful. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you for taking part. (laughs) Uh, We've got Tasha Scribbles. Uh, When they're traveling through the containment space and you get all the monsters, there is also a huge kitten in that scene that everyone misses. I didn't miss it. I saw it. It's in the top right-hand corner. It's fucking awesome. That's giant... my point, though. I've seen this film hundreds of times. I haven't seen the giant kitten. Go, go back and look. It's a giant yeah. kitten. And it looks like cute and fluffy, but it's huge. I, I'm, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll watch it again, definitely. Uh, Lumberjay the hair gay. Uh, the credits. Just joking. Uh, it had to be when everything gets loose in the lab. It's absolute carnage. And then finally, Skellington fan. The credits. She wasn't joking. Yeah, she's oh. not playing. Skelly, Skelly, man, I, I don't know what to say to you. I really don't know what to say to you at this point. It just gives you, it just gives you the perception of how everybody's taste in horror is so different. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, I get it with this film. I get how this could be so varied upon people's opinions. I, I get, I do understand it. Yeah, I do understand yeah. it because I've had that journey myself. And it's taken multiple rewatches to get me to where yeah. I am. And DK yeah. Renee, you need to go and watch it. <laughs> Before you pass opinion in the future, if we do continue yeah, to do this feature, please. at least try and watch the film first. <laughs> um, we will be back one final time uh, as me and Mark go to pit our favourite franchises against each other as Halloween gets slaughtered by A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, uh, we... <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm not even getting involved. I'll leave it till the end. Yeah, d- d- yeah don't, don't interrupt. It's rude. Uh, Mr. Tazzy's <laughs> going to be joining us um, and he's going to save uh, bloodshed and shouting matches. Uh, he will also be taking on a broken spirit now in an attempt to catch Heather. <sighs> catch um, me. Catch me if you can. That was a film, for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, that, that's next week. That's our final out, and that is our bonus episode. Um, Heather, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry you've had to wait an entire season, but I wanted to save you to last. I mean, if you're not first, you're last, right? That's a Ricky Bobby quote. Anyways, yeah. that has nothing to do with this, but no, I had a lot of fun. I always have a lot of fun recording with you guys. Um, we do true crime together, so <laughs> can't do. wait to do that with somebody else that's on here. That's going to yeah. be fun. Um, so just so everyone knows, we're recording fun. this tonight. So we've recorded Cabin in the Woods yep. tomorrow night. We're all back together again. And we're going to record um, We're going to record Mr. Gacy. That's going to be yes. interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> Are you yeah, ready? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to the episode. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Thank you, everyone, for listening all season. You're all great. The, the response we get and the messages we get on... TikTok and Instagram and 
Facebook and Twitter and wherever else you you contact us. They they mean so so much. It's this season has been so rewarding. And Mark coming on as well has just changed everything. And this has gone from me talking shit on my own or talking shit with a guest, talking shit with someone that has become a really really close friend. And I, uh, we talk shit together. It's great. It, it's wonderful. Perfect. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Heather. Um, we will catch you all next week as A Nightmare on Elm Street slays the beast that is Halloween. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> see you all next Bye. week. Bye. You want to die tonight? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the You Run Podcast. Don't forget, to get involved in the show, all you need to do is head to our website, yourunpodcast.com. This is not our show. This is your show.